Welcome to Inside Pediatrics, a podcast brought to you by Children's Hospital of Alabama in Birmingham. I'm Tiffany Kazaroski. Did you know the Southeast has often been referred to as the stone belt, as in kidney stones? Over the last 20 years, doctors have been seeing more children and adolescents with kidney stones. Today, our guest is Dr. Pankaj Donglay, a pediatric urologist at Children's of Alabama. He's an assistant professor at UAB, the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and is director of robotic surgery here at Children's as well. Welcome, Dr. Donglay. Well, thank you, Tiffany, for having me here to talk about one of the most preventable problems in children we face, that is kidney stones. So let's start with the basics, Dr. Donglay. If you could tell us what a kidney stone is and how it forms. Basically, a kidney stone is nothing but a precipitation of calcium within the kidney. Mm-hmm. And over time, that calcium just becomes a larger in size and then disconnects from the kidney and drops into the ureter, which is nothing but the conduit which connects the kidney to the bladder. How do we think these kidney stones are formed? There are many reasons for one to have kidney stones, but in children, typically it is related to the fluid intake and their diet. When a child does have kidney stones, what kinds of symptoms are the parents hearing about? What are you hearing about in the clinic? So majority of children with kidney stone present to the emergency department with some form of symptoms like abdominal pain, which may be in their front of the belly or the side of the belly, Mm -hmm. may may not be associated with nausea and vomiting. And sometimes they may notice blood in the urine. Occasionally, children will also have urinary tract infection and may be Mm -hmm. acutely sick. Okay, so they could potentially have a UTI and get really, really sick. Yes, that is possible. Doesn't happen uh, often, but it is one of the known issues with kidney stones if they block the drainage of the kidney. All right, so let's start unpacking some of the statistics that have been reported, especially about kids. In the last 20 years, so since 2001, kidney stones in children and adolescents have increased by 10.6%. What does that mean in a pediatric urology practice such as yours? One thing is to be uh, careful about is uh, not only the incidence is rising, but it is rising in a specific population. We also have to remember that a lot of these uh, children who present for abdominal pain may have imaging such as ultrasound and a CT scan, which can pick up stones. And these may be asymptomatic at that point, but it's potential that these kidney stones can cause issues later on. Now, a rising incidence has to do with multiple reasons like, as I come back to the diet mm-hmm. and fluid intake, temperatures are rising. And if kids don't have access to the right amount of fluid and right amount of diet, mm-hmm. these kidney stones will continue to rise. And one thing that we've noted as well is that the numbers are rising in girls and teens. Maybe the first decade of life, more males are prone to have kidney stones, but in the second decade, so that's the 12 through 16, 17-year-olds, more females are prone to have kidney stones. And why is that? For some unknown reasons, boys at younger age tend to have kidney stones, and it is uh, still unclear of why that happens. But we are seeing more and more girls in their 12 to 16 years of age who tend to have more kidney stones. And typically, one would expect that this uh, patient with kidney stones will have a lot of other medical uh, comorbidities, which Mm -hmm. is typically not the case when a girl at that age presents with 
what we call as an idiopathic kidney stone, which means there is no reason for that particular child to have a kidney stones other than diet and uh, fluid intake. In the younger uh, population, it is either linked to uh, chronic medical issues or some kind of medications or some other uh, medical issues which can cause them to have kidney stones. Let's talk about that. You said diet, nutrition, or maybe lack of proper nutrition. During the summer months when it's really hot, you alluded to the warming temperatures, lack of nutrition, lack of hydration. What are people telling you when when you ask their parents, so what does your diet look like? Or what types of things have you been eating? Unfortunately, not great news there. So there are two reasons for one to have a kidney stone. One is improper fluid intake and improper diet. When it comes to fluid, it's low water intake and high colas, which is nothing but sweetened colas, which is high in phosphoric acid, it increases the risk of one to have kidney stones. When it comes to diet, it is typically processed food and fast food, which is high in salt and low in other nutritious minerals, which protect us from getting kidney stones. And those are the typical diet histories I would get from children Uh, at that age who are in high school or college and have access to mostly the fast food. So you're getting that history that those adolescents or teens or college students have had a pretty bad diet full of some junk food, not good hydration, they're not drinking enough water. And I remember you and I talking about kind of the timeline in that in the summer months, the kidney stones are actually forming, but their symptoms and their discomfort doesn't appear until possibly the year after that, maybe the spring after that summer where the kidney stones actually started. Yeah, that's absolutely correct, actually. If you look at it from the physiological standpoint, if you are starving the kidney of free water, Mm -hmm. and in addition, if you are taking a diet which is high in sodium, which is basically the precursor for these kidney stones, Mm -hmm. they start very small, literally a minute dot in a kidney, and over years, that dot becomes larger and eventually disconnects from the kidney to cause the acute symptoms of pain, vomiting, and other associated symptoms. That's what brings them to the emergency department. And that period can be anywhere between six months to a year, Mm -hmm. depending upon the previous history of that patient. So you're starting to see maybe April, May of 2022, you might be seeing patients Mm -hmm. who actually started forming their stones this summer. Correct, correct. What can your team do at that point as a urologist? What are some treatment options? Uh, So it all depends upon how is the symptoms of that child. If the child is able to tolerate the fluid, depending upon the location of the stone, the size of the stone, number of stones, one can just observe the child, make sure that his or her symptoms are controlled, the pain is controlled, they do not have signs of infection Mm -hmm. or any acute kidney injury, and one can wait and watch. Typically, it will take an average of four to six weeks for one to pass a kidney stone. And once that stone is passed, then the preventable measures of uh, how to manage that child further in future will begin. Once a child does have kidney stones or just even one kidney stone, Do they oftentimes have a recurrence? Do they have a high probability of recurrence? Absolutely. That 
particular child will have a high risk of kidney stones anywhere between 30 to 50 percent in the next year or two. So they really do need to be diligent and take the advice of their doctor, their pediatrician, or their pediatric urologist. Yeah, and foremost, their parents, because I'm sure all these parents are uh, telling the kids to drink plenty of water and eat healthy with fruits and vegetables. Absolutely. One of the things I'm taking away from this today is that in most cases, these kidney stones, especially in children, is preventable. So give us your advice on that. Yes, a majority of the kidney stones, which we call it as idiopathic, which means there is no reason for this healthy children to have kidney stones are preventable. A very minority of these patients who come to us with recurrent kidney stones have underlying issues which can't contribute to them having recurrent stones. Mm-hmm. But if we take an example, 85 to 90% of kidney stones can be preventable. And it goes back to the fact of drinking lots of water, Mm -hmm. moderating your junk food. I would encourage the children to focus on uh, fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and try to minimize their salt intake. Sometimes children do have calcium deficiencies. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to have their uh, pediatrician check that part of the uh, issue too. Once the child presents to us, of course, we look at all those. Mm -hmm. But some of these children may not be drinking enough dairy to get their calcium source and can actually harm themselves by having a low calcium diet. So we might think that kidney stones are formed, you know, they're calcium, so we should not drink any calcium or we should not take any extra calcium or take in any extra calcium. But you're saying they could form from a calcium deficiency. Correct, yeah. It is, it's been proven in the past that low calcium diet actually precipitates more kidney stone. It's, it's very important to know that your calcium intake is normal. Well, thank you so much for all of the advice. And Dr. Donglay, thank you also for the websites that you sent us. We will post those websites on the show notes so people can take a look at those and find out more information about kidney stones and how to prevent them. Thank you. We are always here to help you, the children and the families in Alabama. Thanks so much, Dr. Donglay. Thanks for listening to Inside Pediatrics. More podcasts like this one can be found at childrensal.org forward slash inside pediatrics.